Welcome to Knowledgeable Aging. I'm your host, Jason Kotar. Joining us today to talk about what is the difference between caregiving and care partnership is Maureen Rollison and Brian LeBlanc. Maureen is president of Caregiver Support and Resources and co-founder of We Are Hashtag Dementia Strong. Throughout her 25 plus year career, working with elders and persons living with disabilities, Maureen has developed the philosophy that failure to plan is a plan to fail. This never became more of a truth to Maureen when she became Brian LeBlanc's care partner. Brian is living with Alzheimer's and vascular dementia. Now Maureen has experienced the value of pre-planning both personally and professionally. Thank you for being here today, Brian and Maureen. How are you guys doing? Doing well, doing Jason, well. how are you? Very good, thank you for uh, another opportunity to talk with you. I'm looking forward to this webinar. Um, before we get going, for those joining us today, if you have any questions, type those questions in, and then time permitting at the end, we will do everything in our power to get those questions answered. So, Maureen and Brian, what is the difference between caregiving and care partnering? Well, um, I am an Eden Alternative Educator, and I really like Dr. Bill Thomas's definition that instead of care partnering, Brian and, or instead of caregiving, excuse me, Brian and I are care partnering. We, we are partners in care, and it implies a balance of care where there's opportunities to give as well as receive care, and it's a relationship. And this can extend beyond family care partners to professional care partners as well. Um, one of the things that we find very, very important is that every person who is receiving support should have an opportunity at least once a day to hear the words thank you said to them. Because when you're the one who is receiving support, it seems that you're always the one that's saying thank you. You're never given an opportunity to give back that care. And also, um, there are days where I actually help Maureen with things, um, especially when it comes to uh, technological things and, and so forth. I can recall things from years ago when I used to do that. And, uh, and, and it makes me feel very uh, useful. And it gives me that satisfaction that I can still, I can still help. I can still do things. And especially doing it for her because what she does for me is just tremendous. So the giving back is good. If it weren't for Brian, my technological skills would pretty much be non-existent. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Brian, I, I'd like for you, if you could, to talk a little bit about your your care partner team. Yeah. Um, well, thanks. There was a uh, a TV show that Maureen and I started watching, um, and it was called A Council of Dads, and it was a a, a show where one of the characters. Uh, was dying of cancer. And before he died, he put together a team of three friends of his that were very good friends. And he called them the Council of Dads because after he was, was no longer here, 
those three would be the people that their his family, including his wife and, and kids, would all go to for specific needs. And so we started talking one day about what about doing my own? You know, it's for Maureen, it's it's I mean, she'll I mean, she'll do anything for me. But there are times when maybe she's out on an appointment or or just preoccupied with something else because she does run her own business. Um, and then we needed to have some people that were available to help me. And so that's why we put together the Council for Brian. And um, one of which is Maureen. But I have uh, two Thank other. You that. <laughs> well, yeah, you know. Then I have two other that are that are friends of ours, and um, and and yeah, and then we have Bella, uh, my my service dog, who has already done some wonderful things for me. Um, so it you know it used to be uh, the saying it takes a village, you know. Well, it takes a team, and when you have a team, it's not just that one person who is feeling that everything is on their back, because at some point she can call the other two and say, hey, I need some help, um, or I have a question. I need I need someone to answer this question for me, and, and so forth. So it's... Uh, well, it's, I have to tell you, Jason, need. it's not just that. I'm always the Debbie yeah. Downer because I'm a life care planner. So I'm, I'm always thinking about the future. That's why I don't get invited to parties. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do. Yeah, they invite yeah. Brian, but they don't invite me. But what if something happened to me? Yeah, right. Um, we need people who already know Brian, who already know what his unique care needs are, who I know will step in if something happens to me. And um, that relieves a great deal of stress off of me. Um, can you talk a little bit more? So let me ask a question. Let me back up for a second. If you've got somebody, a person needing support with dementia, can you kind of help us out with maybe one unique care partnering need? Well, I would say that they need someone to act as their bub. Okay. And um, Kate Swaffer, who is the founder of uh, Dementia um, Alliance International, Dementia Alliance International, calls her husband her bub, her backup brain. And I would say that you know you need someone who can carry your memories for you, and who will be your reminder. Um, someone who knows you personally and intimately. Uh, Brian did a video to his future care partners where he tells all about his likes and dislikes and what he wants and what he enjoys. And I think that that video is also part of his team. But yeah. for someone with dementia, you need bubs, backup brains. <laughs> Would you say they, there's anything they, they else? Come in, they come in very handy. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody should have some. There you go. 
Um, I was wondering if we can talk a little bit more about that, that care partner team, um, especially with you, Brian. You've, you've been an advocate for many years, and I know a lot of people have felt the love and support from you with your awareness of Alzheimer's. Can you talk a little bit more about how it's, it's empowering this care partner team for you? Well, sure. Um, you know, I would like to have a, uh, a good environment or a, uh, a supportive working involve, uh, environment. Um, Maureen has set the, set the stage for that to where she still counts on me to do things. Um, and, and we're talking about what your care partners I, would need. I, I know. And they need that what they need is they need to understand that I still do want to do things just because they're my team. I don't want them to come in and all of a sudden just take over everything. They've got to let me do for myself for the things that I still can do for myself. Um, and it's uh, we, we looked at it as kind of a, uh, a business. You have the, the CEO and the COOs. And, you know, I, I, I guess I'm the, how, how, did, how did we do You're that? The, the person the, who received support is the CEO. The, 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 the primary CEO. care partner right. is the, the CEO. Uh, I said it backwards. Yeah. And then you have your uh, vice presidents of love and support which are all the rest of your care partner team. And then you have the research and development, which is your doctors, your lawyers, your financial planners and stuff. But this that we're talking about is what Brian wants for the people who will be providing support to him. Right. He wants to make sure that they have a supportive working environment, that the management, if he's in a care community or if we have help coming into the home, the management of that company, um, direction is to take time for their support staff to take time to get to know him and the tools um, to provide me with what he has stated in his video are his needs and wants. You know, this has to trickle down from the top because people who are doing the the hard, you know, heavy lifting, the CNN, CNAs and the uh, LPNs and such, they can't just take off on their own and change how the direction of care goes. They need to know they have management support to do these and for this to be a human habitat, not to be as hospitalized and institutionalized as it possibly can. So I, I, I would love to see them be able to sit and talk to Brian and get to know him. And that's the whole part. That's the whole part of the video too, so that they can, look at it at their leisure and learn about me because in in that video i talk about a lot of things um you know before we went live uh we were talking about the the need for music and i want them to know if they come into my room and i am agitated and just mad at the world which sometimes i do get uh put on some don't pay attention to the nodding head. Um, but, you know, put some music on that is on my playlist. Yeah. Because what that does is that takes me out of the fog and brings me back into um, what we call a normal, a normal me. And, 
so there's there's a lot of other thing that I uh, talk to them about, but um, it's just an introduction of me to them so that they, before I even set foot in there, they already know a little bit about me, and then they'll learn more about me as time goes on. Maureen, I'd I'd like to talk to you a bit more. You know, you've been in this industry for 25 plus years as a professional. Talk a little bit more about the personal care partner team. So it's been a transition for you, I assume, right? What, what has that been like for you? Well, as I have been so oft heard to say lately, I used to think that with being such a vital part of the culture change movement in long-term care and having been hands-on with so many people that are going through this, that I kind of knew what it was like. I had no idea what it was like. I mean, I never gave people bad advice, don't get me wrong. But what I gave them was superficial and surface. And what I should have been saying all along to the care partners is this, forgive yourself, you're going to make mistakes, don't expect perfection. And I'm not talking about just family care partners, Jason. I'm talking about care partners in communities, I'm talking about administrators. I'm talking about everybody. There's going to be mistakes. And I think the more you care and the more you want it to be right and the harder you try to do that, the more chance you're going to make a mistake. And great, we need to fail forward in long-term care. And, and I, as a personal care partner, am constantly learning from Brian and from my mistakes. So, um, and the other thing is, Say I'm sorry if you make a mistake. That goes a long way. I'm, you're acknowledging you did something wrong, and you know it. You're going to try to improve it, and you're sorry that it happened, and then let it go. Don't yeah. carry it around. And that goes for me too for the apology, because there are times when, like I, like I said, I I, I get uh, Alzheimer's anger. Uh, when trying to do things and I in the moment forget right in the middle my mind just goes blank Maureen in, in no fault of her own but she'll say hey can can I help you with that and then just asking me that question I fly off the handle and say some things that I wish I I didn't Later on, then I, I go on the apology tour to make sure that she knows. And and look, she handles it like a pro. You sometimes. Know? Sometimes not. You um, know, I, the thing is, I'm not perfect. Am I the one who's out there arguing with the guy who has Alzheimer's? Yes, I am. We're having a knockdown drag out. And do I think about that during it? Yes, I do. Does that stop me? No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> because because I I have asked to be treated normal. <laughs> treat me like anybody else. Don't treat me as my Alzheimer's. Treat me as a person. Right. And and that's exactly what she and and I can say this. She cuts me no slack. You know because that's what I asked for, and it has made me a better person uh, in the long run. And, uh, and helps me with my cognitivity. But Jason, just to close out, 
I know that people in the long-term care industry don't have all of those luxuries because they have rules and they have timetables and they have too many people to care for. So I just appreciate how much 99% of those people operate out of their heart. Yeah. And, and bend, bend the rules to take care of the people in a human way as best they can. And I appreciate everything they do. Yeah, as do I. Question. So if if a loved one goes into a care community, can you talk about the role of care partnering from that point? Does it end? No. In fact, what happens is you, you have to fight most of the time to remain that person's advocate. Okay. And you, you know, you're not doing the hands-on care as much, but you are going to still be in there doing a lot of the caring. You're going to do, if you're working, you're going to be doing it by telephone sometimes during the day. Your day is going to be longer because you're going to work and then you're going to go take, see them. But advocating becomes your biggest role once that happens. I'd like to stay with the care partner for a second, Maureen. If we could, if you could single out one, I don't even know if that's possible. If there's one important thing a care partner can do for themselves, what would what would that be? Um, don't, well, I mentioned about the forgiveness and not expecting perfection, but taking care of yourself and creating a support team for yourself. Uh, realizing that if you go down, the whole ship goes down. So if you can't take care of yourself just for the virtue of taking care of yourself, Mm -hmm. Do it for the person you're caring for, realizing that if you if you go out, the whole Jenga game falls down. So uh, take care of yourself. Yeah. And also forgiveness. Forgive right. yourself. Brian, I'd like to, if you don't mind, you've got uh, somebody with four legs nearby you. I'd, I'd love for you. Uh, it sounds like you have an addition talking about team. I was wondering if maybe you could uh, talk about your new team member. This is Bella. <laughs> and Bella is my service dog. She's nine months old. We got her uh, from uh, Lansing, Michigan. And uh, she has been with us now. This is week. We're coming up on the end of the fourth week. Yeah, about the fourth week. And she's still in training mode. But, um, you know, basically what she does right now without having to be told is provide me with comfort. She lays in my lap um, and just uh, very loving, very playful. She's only nine months old. So she still has that puppy, that puppy playtime. Um, she not only watches after me, but she watches Maureen also. Um, if we go somewhere and Maureen walks off, she knows exactly where she is because she can track her. And you can see her with her nose to the ground, sniffing everything out. And next thing you know, we turn a corner and there's Maureen. So, um, I, I, I know that as long as I have her with me, I won't lose Maureen, and Maureen won't lose me. No matter how hard I try. I know. Just she does. kidding. 
she likes to run away every once in a while. <laughs> That's um, me, not the dog. Not the dog. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but, you know, she's... she's I wasn't a, even going to go there, Maureen. <laughs> yeah. She's a very, she's, you know, she's a very good addition to our family because that's exactly what she is. She's with us 24 seven and goes everywhere with us. And uh, when we leave the house, she puts on her, well, we put on her service dog vest and, and uh, make sure that everybody knows that she is a service dog. And uh, but she's very, very good and uh, has made a big difference in these four weeks. It's really lowered my anxiety, uh, which is a huge thing. Yeah, it's one of the things, and one of the, the, the people joining us today just said that they absolutely love your sense of humor, that that is really the key to caregiving. Can you talk about some of the dynamics that between a caregiver and, and somebody that they're actually looking looking after or they're, they're taking care of? You know, the, I, I've always been, I've always been this, this person. Um, I love to laugh because it, 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 it beats crying. Um, when I was, uh, first diagnosed, it, it, it was hard, you know, it was tough and you kind of live, you, you go into this darkness right from the beginning. But then you have two choices. You can either stay in that darkness or you can just be who you always were. And I chose to be who I always was. And that was to be positive, to be funny, to be interesting, just to be who I was before anything ever happened to me. And some people some people need a little bit help with that i can tell you that it's a much better life to be yourself and be able to laugh um i always it also gets you through those really awkward and tough times as care partners you yeah. know laughing at something rather than dwelling on the negative uh, when you make when you have something that just doesn't feel real comfortable. Sometimes laughing through it, the mistakes can help. But I think that it builds a closeness. I think humor builds closeness. And that's one thing that we, you know, we laugh constantly with each other and yes, at each other. Um, you know, because <laughs> she'll, she'll do something and right in the middle of it, I see that blank expression on her face and I'll say, you forgot, didn't you? I said, welcome to my world. But, you know, it's it's just, it, it's those things. If you, if you don't laugh, if you don't have laughter in your life, it becomes more, uh, it becomes lonely. It becomes harder to live. And so that's why we, you know, and, and I know people saying, oh, my God, she laughs at you. Yeah, she laughs at me because that's what I ask her to do. Don't treat me like my Alzheimer's. I am not Alzheimer's. I am a person that has Alzheimer's and vascular well, And dementia. I also believe, Jason, that it makes us more approachable. And, you know, when we're trying to overcome the stigma of dementia, 
Um, people are fearful of talking to individuals, persons living with dementia, because they're afraid they're going to say the wrong thing or they're not going to get an answer or whatever. So the humor makes us more approachable. And, you know, we have been interviewed and, and talked to by thousands of people who have asked us some incredibly interesting questions. So, but we try to always answer them, sometimes with humor, because... I couldn't answer it any other way. So. <laughs> and, and that, that brings up another point is that uh, when we are speaking and we do things like this, any question, there is no question that's off the table. You know, we're here to make sure that people understand or are trying to have a better understanding of people that are living um, with a um, with with a uh, dementia uh, dementia related illness and if if laughter helps people understand that better so be it you know uh it's just a tool that we use it's not for everyone but we do what works for us and that's what other people have to find is what works for them excellent well, that's great information, wonderful advice. Uh, so, Maureen and Brian, how can people find you? Well, uh, you can go to my company's website, which is www.caregiversupportandresources. Uh, you can go to Brian's blog, which is a bit of Brian's brilliance <laughs> and humility. <laughs> <laughs> And, or you can go to our Facebook page, which is We Are Dementia Strong, and we do a Facebook Live every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. And if you want to send us an email, you can send it to DementiaStrong at gmail.com. Very good. And I definitely recommend that that Saturday morning, uh, that Saturday morning Facebook that's, uh, you, you've gotten some really good feedback and, and quite a few people you've seen that thing grow um since you've been doing it and you, you just you have a podcast now too correct yes i i um i haven't done the podcast in a couple of weeks um okay. i'm trying to perfect it and uh but i'm gonna get <laughs> so the person receiving care needs to give up the concept of perfection as well i just want to go on yeah. the record to say <laughs> so i i um but i'm gonna get back into it because um that's just another outlet that people can you know people on the go you know podcasts can be listened to at any time and uh in any place really very good well once again brian uh maureen and brian thank you so much for your time uh really good information i hope people reach out to you and, and wonderful advice in the awareness and the experience that you both are sharing with people, it's absolutely invaluable. Uh, till next time, I'm Jason Kotar, I'm your host, and this is Knowledgeable Aging.